Welcome to The City That Votes, a podcast series from the Chicago Board of Elections, taking you behind the polling place curtain for a look and listen at how our election system works in the Windy City. I'm Max Bever, Director of Public Information and your host for the program. As we get closer to the election on February 28th, let's discuss a whole new municipal office that's appearing on the ballot. For the first time in our city's history, voters will be electing community members to serve in district councils in each of Chicago's 22 police districts. In July 2021, the Chicago City Council passed the Empowering Communities for Public Safety Ordinance, creating a new model for police oversight, accountability, and public safety. The ordinance established the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability, a citywide body that will work with the elected district councils, three in each district, to improve policing and public safety and build stronger connections between the police and the community. Today, I'll be speaking with Reverend Damon Smith, the Deputy Director of District Councils with the Citywide Community Commission. Reverend Smith, thank you so much for joining us on The City That Votes. Thank you, Max. Pleasure to be here. Reverend, for our listeners, can you give us an overview of the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability and its ultimate goals? Yes, um, my pleasure. So the Community Commission for Public Safety and Accountability, uh, known as the CCPSA, is a new uh, municipal agency or commission uh, that was created by the ECPS ordinance to create a new level of police accountability here in the city of Chicago. Um, This is a a commission that has two arms to it. It has a seven-member commission of commissioners, if you will, uh, representatives uh, from across the city of Chicago who look at policing through the lens of general orders, uh, protocols, procedures, policies, things of that nature to see if these measures are need to be changed, need to be edited, need to be removed, or have some things added to help keep the police accountable uh, to the communities that they protect and serve. So that's one arm of the CCPSA. The other arm are the district councils, and they are a very localized group of individuals. In fact, there are three members of the district councils in every police district in the city of Chicago. And these individuals will be elected starting now, and these individuals will be elected to serve four-year terms to represent the community of each uh, police district here in the city of Chicago. And their job is to look at ways that policing can be improved, how policing can be transformed, how policing can become more innovative, how maybe policing is less policing and more community engagement and conversations and events and activities that will help keep these communities safe, that will help them reduce harm and and, and these other activities that happen so that the police don't have to address every single issue that may not require law enforcement and handcuffs, but maybe involve community engagement and community uh, better practices on how we can bring some uh, mediation and some some, some best practices and peace circles and social justice ideas to the community. And so that's what they do. And then annually, these two arms, the commissioners and the district councils come together to look at best practices that are happening across the city of Chicago and to discuss some things that may need to change uh, to help keep the community safer, and also to build more trust from the police department to the communities and to the communities back into the police department. Thank you, Reverend. That's uh, very, very helpful for our listeners. So these local police district councils, one for each of the 22 police districts, that's the office that voters are going to be voting on for February 28th, right? Correct. 
this is this is a pretty important moment in our city's history with the creation of this new municipal office. This is not something that happens uh, every day. In fact, it's been over a century since a new office was created in Chicago. Absolutely. This is historic. This is transformative. This is exciting. And these are local residents of the city of Chicago who are running for an office that this time last year was not in existence. And so, yes, this is a very exciting time to have the people of Chicago vote and participate in the in the policing and public safety and accountability of their communities and of their police districts. We are too excited for this to happen. So let's let's dive in just a little bit more on the role of these elected police district council members. So sure. how are they going to work with the community commission? And once these folks are elected, uh, what are some of the duties that they carry out? Well, you know, everyone gets tired of hearing the word meetings. Okay, you're going to have another meeting and another (laughs) meeting. But these meetings are very important. So the district councils are required by law to have monthly community meetings in every police district. And at these meetings, the public, the residents of these districts will come and share their ideas on how policing should change, should be improved, is working just fine, or needs to start all over you know, in their various police districts. The district council will be trained and are preparing, will be preparing themselves to bring these ideas to the commissioners, that seven member commission. And then those recommendations will be put in place before the Chicago Police Department, put in place before uh, the superintendent and the administration, the mayoral administration's office, COPA, et cetera, to make these changes and possibly policy changes happen. They will submit these recommendations to the city's leadership to help improve change and challenge the policing that is done in their districts. The district councils are extremely important because they're going to have a very localized approach on how policing is done. Because how policing is done in one district may be a little bit different than how it's done in another district. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But the best, what we're trying to do is create best practices that serves the community and builds trust between the community and those local police departments. I think that's quite smart. It's, I think years have proven that one size fits all for our city when it comes to uh, policing. Probably hasn't been that successful. Correct, has not. Uh, so um, I want to talk a little bit about your role, too. So your role as the deputy director of district councils, what are you going to do to support the 22 elected district councils uh, once they're in office? Sure. So if we do the math, there are 22 district councils of three members each. That is 66 people, right? Mm-hmm. And one person cannot support them the way they need to be supported. So in my unit of the CCPSA, there's myself as the deputy director. I will have two program managers, five community outreach coordinators, and an administrative assistant. And all of us will be supporting the district councils, providing them with administrative support, um, how to schedule meetings, where to schedule these meetings, training them on the Opens Meeting Act, as well as how to deal with FOIA requests. We also have at the CCPSA a research department to help individuals or districts uh, do some research to gather data so when they make recommendations, that information will be forthcoming. We also have a legal department. So once they make these recommendations, our lawyers can look at their recommendations and see if they're legal, do they adhere to city municipal code, the state legislative code, et cetera, when it comes to policing. My job, is to coordinate all of those efforts and activities to make sure the district councils have the information that they need, that information is presented in the way that they need to present it, 
and turn those uh, that information into recommendations so they can then pre be presented to the CPD leadership, mayoral leadership, et cetera. That is my job. That is what I'm here to do. So no small task at all. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It, that's really great to hear, Reverend, that, and I think for our listeners to know that these elected officials, once they're in office, they'll have support, they'll have resources, they'll have guidance, that this isn't throwing a bunch of new people, you know, basically into the mix and to fend for themselves uh, once they're in office. Correct. Yeah, we, we don't want that to happen. They are inaugurated uh, May 2nd, and on May 2nd, they're starting their work as elected officials. So we will be training them and providing them with the resources, information that they need to get started prior to that. So once Tuesday, May 2nd comes, they can hit the ground running and start sharing that information and gathering information in the districts that they serve in. That's great to hear. So I want to rewind back a little bit and let's talk sure. now about how these offices are going to be voted upon in the first place. Voters are going to choose up to three candidates in each race. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we have four districts right now where there's only two candidates on the ballot. So ultimately, if there's a vacant seat in a district, um, how does it get filled by the city of Chicago? Well, there are two methods. Um, in those four districts, a couple of three of those districts I know have write-in candidates. So in order to be a write-in candidate, those individuals have to be certified by the Board of Elections to be an eligible candidate. Once that process has taken place, then individuals are allowed to physically write in their names on their ballots when they go vote or when they mail in their ballots. And these are positions for the district councils are going to be in the last page of the ballot unless there is a local referendum in someone's ward or district. Otherwise, they'll be the last page of the ballot and you will vote for three people. The three individuals who get the highest votes will be the members of the district councils. That includes the write-in candidates. So if there's you know, two candidates who are officially on the ballot and four write-in candidates, then of those four, whoever receives the highest votes will become the third member of that district council. That's for write-in candidates. In the very unique case, in the first, um, there are only two individuals who are running for office officially, and they have no write-in candidates. So what happens in that particular case, um, they will be sworn in on May 2nd, which then creates a vacancy in that district. Once that vacancy has been created, the two individuals who won will submit a list of names to the commissioners, say seven names to the commissioners. The commissioners will pick from those seven names and reduce it down to three. And then they, they will submit those three names to the administration um, and the administration will pick from those list of three names who will be the third person to sit in that district council. Thank you, Reverend. I'm so glad that you brought up write-in candidates, too, because uh, there's another historic possibility uh, coming February 28th, and that's uh, that a write-in candidate might win municipal office for the first time in the city's history. Like you mentioned, there are qualified write-in candidates in the 5th, the 6th, and the 14th police districts. Now, uh, I know I've, I've been saying this to others and, and to the media, due to a weird quirk in election law, the Chicago Board of Elections does not release a public list of qualified write-in candidates until just a week before election day. I guess, you know, at this point, if voters are out in the 5th, the 6th, and the 14th districts and they're talking with people, um, I suppose that they should be aware that there's some qualified write-in candidates that they should look up ahead of election day to at least learn more about if they want to write them in. Absolutely. And that is also a very exciting thing, Max. And as you mentioned, you're right. For the first time ever, we could have a write-in candidate win in a municipal election. That has never happened before. But there is one thing I do want to add to that. Now, I really want to stress this in those three districts. 
Write-in candidate does not mean you can write in anyone's name. These individuals must be certified by the Board of Elections. The Board of Elections makes sure that these individuals live in the district and meet the other requirements in order to be a candidate for that particular office. A person can't just walk up and say, I'm a write-in candidate. They have to be certified. So okay. please, in those three districts, make sure that those individuals who are saying that they're write-in candidates are certified write-in candidates. And then you are free to vote for them as you would for anyone else. Just write their name in on the, in, in the empty space or the line on their ballot, right? Because that is also a very exciting part of this whole election process. And we just can't wait to see how it turns up on February 28th. <laughs> Reverend, you make my job so easy. I, I appreciate you clarifying that. That is exactly right. You know, we need the board needs to receive a notarized declaration of intent form. This is how, you know, Mickey Mouse doesn't end up being the mayor of Chicago or another office due to write-in votes. You have to be interested exactly. in that office. You have to put your declaration. You have to uh, submit your your qualifications that way. But I've got uh, just one more question for you, Reverend. Um, what do you think is a good way for voters to continue to research their choices uh, for the police district council ahead of February 28th? Sure. Well, just as the Board of Elections, we here at the CCPSA cannot endorse and do not endorse any candidate. We want everyone who is eligible, who has gone through the process and is running for office to be a great candidate for office. So the candidates hopefully are putting information out in their local districts. They're putting up signs. They're passing out leaflets. Hopefully they maybe have a website or a Facebook page or an Instagram page. They're doing the work of any candidate who is running for office to bring attention uh, to themselves and to tell their story and why they want to be a good uh, district council member. I know in a bunch of districts, I've been touring the city, there have been district council forums. Uh, some of them have been combined with two districts at a time. Some have been so large, they've only had one. And at those particular forums, candidates are there themselves explaining why they would be a good district council member. So you must be engaged. You need to read the materials, go to the Board of Elections website, look at a sample ballot for your district and your precinct, and it will list the candidates for the district councils. And then you seek those names out via social media, websites, print ads, signs, etc. And that's how you find out who is running in your district and who you want to vote for as a member of that particular district. The information is out there. The one thing we have to do as voters, it's a little laborious, but we have to do is that we have to seek the information out. We have to seek the information out. And hopefully we have good candidates for putting that information out there. Thank you, Reverend. I think that's great advice for voters, too, to be on the lookout if there's any local forums or any other local educational events uh, that they can learn more about their local candidates. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Just, just two words, Max. I think you know what they are. Go <laughs> vote. <laughs> well, Go you know, vote. <laughs> yeah, Reverend, you and I were just on a panel last night, uh, I think, saying the same similar message. And, you know, with these municipal elections and especially ward by ward and district by district races, these elections can come down to a handful of votes, even in the single digits. So, you know, I think it's a great message to voters that in this election, your vote matters as much as ever. That's, that is so true, Matt. That is so true. So please go vote. You'll be amazed what three votes can do in a ward or a precinct or a district. Uh, these voters, uh, their vote is more important than ever come February 28th because the police district council, these seats are not heading to the runoff election in April. It's the top three vote getters. There's there's not going with who gets 50 percent or over or, or anything else. 
So to vote for this historic upcoming election and for these new offices, you do need to vote on February 28th and not to wait for any runoff election. That is very correct. Yes, the district councils will not, I repeat, will not be in a runoff election in April. It will be the top three vote getters of each of the districts, and those will be the members of the district councils. So there is no runoff. All right. Well, Reverend, I know that you are a very busy person and you have your work cut out before Election Day and even more so after Election Day. So thank you so much for speaking to our listeners and uh, uh, really appreciate your time. Max, thank you so much for having me, my friend. I look forward to working with you in the future as this craziness goes forward. But thank you for this time (laughs) and this opportunity. Thanks again to Reverend Smith for giving us this informative overview. Early voting for the upcoming municipal election will open in all 50 wards in Chicago on Monday, February 13th. To learn more and access your sample ballot, including the police district council candidates running in your area, go to chicagoelections.gov. Thank you for listening to The City That Votes from the Chicago Board of Elections. Please follow us on social media. We are at Chicago Election on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And leave us a review when you've got the time, or contact me at communications at chicagoelections.gov. Let me know what you might want to hear and learn more about behind the scenes at the Chicago Board of Elections. Until next time, I'm Max Bever, Director of Public Information, and thank you for listening.